Welcome to the Seminole Wars. In this podcast, we explore how the Seminole Wars came to be, how they were fought, and how they still resonate some two centuries later. I am your host, Patrick Swan, and our show is a production of the Seminole Wars Foundation, found online at www.seminolewars.us. We are recording today from the homestead of the Foundation in Bushnell, Florida. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome. Come to a battle reenactment or living history event in Florida that commemorates events of the Second Seminole War, and you are likely to hear a balladeer singing songs of the Seminole War. This is not unusual, as the Second Seminole War especially lends itself to meaningful music interpretation through songs. But this singer departs from convention. Although he is a white, southern, country, and folk music artist, Ricky Pittman takes the perspective of the Seminole in the songs he co-wrote and recorded with the late Jed Marum. How Ricky Pittman came to this view and why is the subject of our podcast today. A little background first about Ricky. Ricky E. Pittman, the bard of the South, is a storyteller, author, and folk singer. He was a grand prize winner of the 1998 Ernest Hemingway Short Story Competition. Ricky presents his stories, music, and programs at schools, libraries, organizations, museums, historical reenactments, restaurants, banquets, and Celtic musical festivals throughout the South. An adjunct college English instructor with an MA from Abilene Christian University, Ricky has published 14 books, four music CDs, and several single releases. You can find out more about him at his website, bardofthesouth.com. Ricky Pittman, welcome to the Seminole Wars. Oh, thanks, Patrick. I really do appreciate the chance for this interview. First off, how did you come to be called the Bard of the South? Well, I come from a Scots-Irish uh, and Welsh uh, background, and for many years I've immersed myself in the music and culture of the Celts and studied their bards and poets and singers that travel from town to town. And so I wanted to be a bard. I'm a proud Southerner and love the South, so I just put the two words together and made a moniker that has personal meaning to me and one that's easy to remember. How did you arrive at your interest in the Seminole and the Seminole War? Well, actually, this goes back to my, my youth. Uh, growing up, I was an avid reader of Native Americans. I, I, I know I read every book on the Native Americans in the branch of the Dallas Library in our, our neighborhood. And then in my studies, I came upon the Seminole, and it fascinated me. And, of course, my parents at that time had the black and white TV, and, and I saw some old movies like uh, D- Distant Drums that was set in the Second Seminole War, and that kind of piqued my interest. I had a habit of, um, after I watch a movie or as a kid or uh, read a book, I would go out and play in the yard and, and, and reenact the book. <laughs> and then I bought a little book about the Everglades, and that made me even more interested. And then Jen Merrim uh, asked me to tour with him to the Battle of Okeechobee. And so I went, and after that, we went there together for six years, and I've been there on my own two years since uh, Jed's death. The term bard can be used for storyteller. The storyteller can be playing music or be unaccompanied. You melded that with being a proud Southerner. Was that a natural fit then? Yes, it was. When I do, uh, you know, I do state history programs, not only for Florida, but for other states. And whatever state I'm in, I do songs and stories of the history of the state that I'm in. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an idea that's melded well. Uh, tell us about your musical partnership with the late Jed Merrim. About 16 years ago, I met Jed uh, when I was a freelance writer for a music magazine. I was in my car and heard him on an NPR interview, 
and heard him play an original song or two about the Louisiana Tigers, the six Louisiana Tigers, and it just fascinated me. And he was uh, to play that night at a favorite tavern of mine, which was Enoch's Irish Pub. So when I entered the bar, I sat down. There were a few men scattered around us and said, uh, who is this Civil War musician playing here tonight? And he was eating a burger, uh, and he said, that would be me. <laughs> and so I, I met him and sat through his three-hour show and interviewed him intensely uh, in his breaks for the article. And it was the start of a great friendship. And we began performing together at many Civil War events and Celtic events. Um, and every year taking one, sometimes two or three uh, one-week and two-week tours together, and we've been all the way to upstate New York for a Civil War event, and of course to Okeechobee, and um, many conventions related to the Civil War with the Sons of Confederate Veterans, and um, whenever we would book a important distant venue, we would fill in every day and night with performances, so we, we worked the road hard uh, together. All of those years uh, are treasure to me, and, and you know, I, I remember we never had a crossword in all those long trips and all those uh, venues we played at. We were good, a good match for music partners. Jed would play guitar and banjo in our show, and I would play guitar and mandolin. Did you write these songs together? Um, we wrote uh, most of them that are on the CD, uh, wrote most of them together. There's uh, two or three that I wrote alone, and there's two or three that he wrote alone uh, as well. But we were a good songwriting team. Uh, often, songs we wrote together, one of us would start a song and the other would tweak and improve it and, and work on it that way. You performed songs related to the Seminole and the Seminole War around Florida. Where particularly have you played and what's your favorite venue? I think the Battle of Okeechobee, held in February uh, every year at uh, Lake Okeechobee, has been my main event and probably probably my favorite. Uh, but I also do songs and stories of the Seminole Wars at libraries and service organizations like Rotary and Lions Club and festivals and schools. Uh, Jed and I also performed at events at the uh, Big Cypress Reservation and at Brighton reservation. Uh, but I think the Battle of Okeechobee is my favorite event. And anyone who's listened to Songs of the Seminole War will know that a number of the compositions are directly related to the Battle of Okeechobee. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, they they do such a good job of telling that history of that battle uh, and, and the people involved every, every year in the battle reenactments. Clearly, both of you have a sympathy, or at least an empathy, uh, with the Seminole and the Seminole War. How did you come up with the subject matter uh, specifically that you wrote about and then sang about? Well, Jed and I were avid readers, and I mean, each of us would read one, two books a week. And these readings, and as we, um, especially as we focus on our event, would lead us to discoveries that we felt had to be put into song and discoveries about people and like that. And, and I also introduced Jed to historical reenacting, and he loved doing that. And we spent a lot of time around uh, reenactors, both um, both Seminole and federal soldiers, and in the uh, Civil War events, um, both Yankees and Confederates, and talking to these guys and, and learning things from them. And I found that many of these men and women at the reenactments are walking encyclopedias regarding their knowledge of, of the battles and the people. And they gave us many ideas. Um, and even now, I'm trying to push on writing about the Seminole Wars and Florida history as well. So it, a lot of it was serendipity, and we'd learn something that's such a surprise. We'd say, oh, we need to put that in a song, you know. A country singer John Anderson famously wrote Seminole Wind, 
and the two of you have Second Seminal Wind, which is our back-end bumper music for this podcast. What is Second Seminal Wind about, and why Second Seminal Wind? Well, John Anderson's song is very, very popular, and um, some, we are often asked to play that uh, together. But this, the Second Seminal Wind is about the, actually about the Battle of Okeechobee, which happened on Christmas Day in 1837. Now, I don't know how Jed came up with the idea of a title of Second Seminole Wind, but I think it was a stroke of genius um, because it's a very powerful title. Um, and I think that's one of, our, one of the best of our Florida songs, maybe the best. And we're honored that uh, you would use that song. Jed would be very pleased, by the way. It really sums up the Seminole Warfighters very nicely. Yes, uh, it, it, they were wonderful, I mean, very determined warriors. And, and the fact that so few held off so many for so long is, is just amazing uh, to me. And, you know, I, I like to, when I tell stories, I like to talk about their battle tactics and just their determination. Great history. For the uninitiated, they might think a seminal had written the song because it really gets into, you know, our black brothers being sent off into chains and we're going to resist. And mm-hmm. and the and the great one who gives us breath and so forth. Yeah, we really did try to get to it from um, from the Seminole point of view, and it really you know the Seminole Wars were about several things. It was about the desire for land when the Seminoles were driven from northern Florida on down uh, for cattle uh, and over slaves. So it was a complex picture uh, in history of what actually caused that war. Again, to the uninitiated, they might see the two of you on the cover of the CD for Songs of the Seminole War and say, ah, two southern rednecks here. You know where they're going to be coming from, but you don't. Well, yeah, and hopefully they'll be surprised. (laughs) Well, we're going to take a break here to listen to Second Seminole Wind, and then we'll come back with some more questions about your other songs. I see all of us too late I knew that we could not wait And we watched those federals march While we hid in the pine Making our heroes to shoot Lift to fight another day. 
Second Seminal Wind, you sing a song called The Ballad of Ransom Clark. Who was Ransom Clark? And what did you want to convey with a ballad about him? Ransom Clark, it was Jed that suggested that we write this song, and we never got around to doing it together, and I ended up doing it doing it myself. He was one of the three survivors of the Dade Massacre, and he, he survived, and it was amazing that he did. He was shot five times, had broken bones and everything, but managed to get back to the fort, and Jed and I thought he needed a song, so... So I wrote it and recorded it. He became quite a celebrity after his discharge from the Army. And he proclaimed himself to be the only survivor, the lone survivor, as he toured the country and so on. But um, it was a song that I thought needed to be done about him. Um, I mean, what a tough man he had to have been. And yet it does not glorify the war or uh, what the Army was told to do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it recognizes what he went through, but then it's kind of brutally honest of why the Army was there. Yes. Yeah, I, I wanted to put that in the story. And I think he knew that, too.
King's Road. In the year of 35, I marched with our Major Dade to take Seminole land, their cattle and sleighs, and the people from their homeland. We fought a war no one would win. We marched in sun and rain. In Florida, very long ago, my name's Ransom Clark. I fought the Seminole. Seminole hid in the grass and the pines, rifles in their hands and death in their minds. Their demon war cries filled our hearts with dread as sky blue coats turned red. With shattered arm and broken leg, five bleeding bullet wounds, I walked and crawled over sixty miles under a waxing moon. Yes, I survived the battle that day and I learned to live with my scars. But I'll never forget the death that I saw there in the Seminole War. We fought a war no one in sun and rain in Florida very long ago my name's Ransom Clark I fought the Seminole Ransom Clark I fought the Seminole We have a catchy yet ironic song about Zachary Taylor it's called Victor of the Florida War his military performance or at least his his army's military performance at Okeechobee is rather sketchy, though. Was the song deliberately uh, written in the fashion that, that it's presented? Yes, it was, and his performance was sketchy in places other than Okeechobee. I travel with Zachary Taylor from the Anglo-American War. We settled the Grand Mississippi, me boys, fought Black Hawk on Michigan shore. Fought Black Hawk on Michigan shore, me boys. Fought Black Hawk on Michigan shore. I travel with Zachary Taylor, boys. Fought Black Hawk on Michigan shore. Well, I found me a dozen star fellows, and I lined them all up in a row. I formed up a squadron of riflemen. Tell Zach Taylor we're ready to go. Tell Zach Taylor we're ready to go, me boys. Zach Taylor. Squadron of riflemen tell Zach Taylor we're ready to go. He's rough and he's ready for battle, boys. Wherever he sees, there's a need, and the battle is raging and blazing. Me boys, old rough and ready will lead. Old rough and ready will. Washington pundits were sore. But old Zach was rough and was ready to be 
the victor of the Florida War. The victor of the Florida War, me boys, the victor of the Florida War. Our old sack was rough and was ready to be the victor of the Florida War. The tune is Ronson the Bow, and that was a favorite tune of Jed's, and I've heard him do two or three different Celtic versions of that, but, um, uh, and, and the little, um, the riflemen in that seemed to have been a, um, a group of volunteers that wanted to go fight, and in that Seminole War, not only the federal troops were there, but there were many companies of volunteers from state uh, that had joined up in that fight. Which leads us to another song, the Missouri Volunteers and uh, Taylor gave them a bad rep for their performance at Okeechobee. Why did you give them some love? Missouri volunteers are a big part of the Okeechobee reenactment. The reenactment, they have the Missouri Regiment as well. And there's a big monument devoted to them on the ground. And so we wanted to honor them too. I think Zachary Taylor had no love for any volunteer unit. And I think he sacrificed them by pushing them ahead um, to the front there. And they, they suffered terribly. They paid a big price for being a part of this um, campaign. Uh, and their mission was to do a certain advance. When they were finished, they were to go back to the rear, which is what they did. But instead, they got the rap that they were running from the battle. Yes, and that, they were just basically wiped out. The ground there at that time was not conducive to um, wide, extensive troop movement. When you mention their leader, Richard Gentry, it's kind of a poignant scene that you paint. The line in there with the men are saying goodbye to their wives, and I have a line that says, Gentry knelt to kiss her. He loved her more than life. And she said, I'd rather be a dead man's widow than to be a coward's wife. He was a gallant, brave man, and probably one of the first to die in the battle um, because he was at the front. And that's what we, we wanted. We, we wanted the song to honor the Missouri volunteer unit. And I, I think we accomplished that. They are the forgotten sacrifice. Outside Gentry's Tavern, standing in the rain, they were rugged mountain men of farmers from the plains. Six hundred strong and ready, men who showed no fear. They were Missouri volunteers, veterans of the Black Hawk War and the War of eighteen twelve. They were men who knew the woods and men who knew themselves. Colonel Richard Gentry called the at command. The Delaware and Shawnee scouts they'd leave for native lands. Now their time has come to an end. And they scattered over the wind. And we remember their stories again. Regimental cutters flying on parade. Some wives kissed their men goodbye, and some just knelt and prayed. Gentry bent to kiss her. He loved her more than life. She said, I'd rather be a brave man's widow than be a coward's wife. On they marched to glory, what they couldn't know. Hardship and disease won't take but fall to the seven. For our country we have lived, for it we did die, said the Missouri volunteers. Now their time has come to an end, 
Abiyaka and the Cypress. Some know him as Sam Jones. So who is Sam Jones or Abiyaka? What is this Cypress and what is this song about? He was an old Seminole. He was a leader. He was also a prophet and medicine man uh, and, and the, probably the most fierce of the Seminole leaders in the resistance to uh, leaving their land. And to this day, among the Seminole, he's considered a hero and a symbol of, of Seminole resistance and an inspiration to the people. And this song is a tribute to him. Sam Jones, that was his, many of the Indians had a um, Seminole name and a English name. Like Osceola was also known as Billy Powell. So uh, we just wanted it to be a tribute to him. It's impossible to talk about the Seminole War and how it ended with the nation not making a treaty with the United States government. But holding out to the end, it shows a great, capable leader and a fierce leader that was needed. And he was also very brutal, though. He was feared among the federal troops. And he was not removed. He was not. He died in his homeland. Well, they called him old Abiyaka through the ages echo his song. For we fired our hearts with his medicine and we weathered the federal storm. At the Pine Island Bridge he was master And again on the Okeechobee shore For he stood his ground like a cypress Through the ears of the Seminole Well, we called him Bodabiaka And he walked with his brothers to war There he stood beside alligators
children sing Abiyako when they sing of the water and sky. And the warrior who prays Abiyako will return from the battle of life. Through the ages, his song fills our memory. Through the years, his wisdom fills our song. For he fired our hearts with his medicine, and we weathered the famous name, Osceola. Tell us about the song about Billy Powell. We wanted this song to be a tribute to, to Osceola, and it actually is a mini bio of his life, from birth to his death, uh, and being buried headless in, in the ground. And that's uh, an allusion to what happened to him after he died at Fort Moultrie there in, um, as a prisoner. The doctor in charge of him, Dr. Whedon, was um, known as his best white friend. And, and after Osceola died, he took off his head and put it in a jar of alcohol or something um, and took it home with him to Jacksonville, where he displayed the head of Osceola for a while in the window of his pharmacy. And even um, when his two teenage boys would misbehave at night, he would take the head up and tie it to their bedpost and scare them. You know. uh, so it's uh, Osceola called him his best white friend, but it doesn't look like he was much of a friend to do something like that. But they were in the habit of collecting Indian heads back then for study, too. Billy Powell was born in 1804 at a place called Tallahassee. Of mixed blood, he lived in troubled times of Seminole history. In this spirit world, he walks the Milky Way to that wilderness where his gods and people wait. Osceola was his given name. He was raised among the creek. His time on earth produced enduring fame. A mighty Seminole chief He walks the spirit world Across the Milky Way Each time a loved one dies He's there to show the way He lived in peace But he was forced to war A war that cost his life Ever favored by tomorrow's star and mourning to his wife He led his warriors Across the Everglade Answered a flag of truce But found he was betrayed And a prisoner And ill help they say To Fort Moultrie he was bound Where he was buried in a 
with Jumper, with Wildcat and with Cloud. They share the black drink, their spirits still unbowed. Osceola's star is bright today. His spirit roams the skies. He will greet them and will show the way. Each time a loved one dies. In the spirit world, he walks the Milky Way. That wilderness where his gods and people wait. He walks with Jumper, with Wildcat, and with Cloud. They share the black drink. Their spirits still unbowed. He will greet them and will show the way. Each time a loved one dies, I see Ola's star is bright today, and his spirit roams the skies. Last song I wanted to discuss is the Okeechobee Friends. What did you want to convey, uh, celebrate, mention in writing Okeechobee Friends? When you go to the Battle of Okeechobee event, one thing that is obvious is how deeply passionate people are about this event, how they love it and how they appreciate it. And, and the song is meant to be a tribute to the loyal friends who through the years have sacrificed time, money, and work to save the battlefield and now make now is a state park and the battlefields also become a bond between the Seminole and the Americans because the Seminole support this event greatly um, every year and you know from the Big Cypress Museum and others from Brighton Museum um, are there to lend their support so we just wanted to honor the people that had made this battlefield possible. How can one obtain your CD Songs of the Seminole War? Well from my um, from my store and my website or they can order a physical CD from me for just $15. Uh, if they'll just email me their mailing address, I'll get that in the mail to them, and I'll give them my address to send the check to, and I will pay the shipping on that. Email address is R-I-C-K-E-Y-P at Bayou, which is B-A-Y-O-U, dot com. And also on my Facebook fan page, if they look Ricky. E. Pittman up, um, and Ricky is R-I-C-K-E-Y, uh, they can go to my fan page and see how to order a CD from it, too. Did you and Jed have any lost songs of the Summer War that didn't make the CD? We have um, just some, some starter songs, and um, I've got to, I worked so hard to get this CD ready for the last Battle of Okeechobee event that I'll have to go back through my notes and, and um, Jed's recordings, but um, I think we pretty well got them all, although I knew, I know if Jed had been on this earth longer, we would have written many more. As the Bard of the South, you're a storyteller in prose as well. I understand you have some short fiction coming out. Yeah, if they go to my website and click on my blog, they can see two short, and also my fa Facebook fan page has two of these stories that are the start for a novel I'm writing about the Seminole War, um, a historical fiction, and the title of that is going to be Death in the Little Winter Moon. 
and the little winter moon was Seminole, a phrase for describing January. And those two stories are one about Osceola's head, which I've mentioned um, previously about the doctor taking Osceola's head. And the second one is uh, in the Devil's Garden. And the Devil's Garden is part of the Everglades where Sam Jones was reputedly living, and, and they called him a devil, in fact. And it tells about a soldier that was captured. Uh, he and his unit were captured. He was uh, let go on purpose so that he could relate the tale of what he had seen to scare people away. Those are two of the stories, and, and there's others I'm working on as well. And they should be showing up on my blog periodically uh, kind of in kind of a series until I, I get the novel finished. Well, Ricky, that's an advertent plug for our front bumper music from Rudy Youngman, because we use, the song is called Roast Them, but the chorus says, In the Devil's Garden. And so, um, interesting that you're writing yeah. uh, historical fiction about the Devil's Garden, because that's the front bumper music we use, and, and yes, it's a, a very riveting song. It, it's funny when she introduces it, she says, I don't really have anything against you guys in the Army out there today. It's just, you know, there's this song about... <laughs> Something that happened here and a little unpleasant. Well, it was actually her song that inspired my idea to write this short story. So I, you know, and the song talks about the one that was let go. And so I wrote this short story from his point of view. Uh, so she was an inspiration um, to me on that. As And another story I'm, I'm going to work in is about historical fiction on Polly Parker, who, um, you know, the same uh, performer also inspired me to write something about her as well. What's been the reaction or the feedback you've gotten going to different events uh, commemorating aspects of the Seminole Wars when you perform these songs? It has been good. They didn't know it. And, of course, sometimes I perform it at the Civil War organizations, you know, like the Civil War camps and things like that. And they recognize the names of some of the same leaders, you know, the same generals and other leaders that were in that Seminole War would later find in the Mexican War and in the Civil War. There really is a tie-in. And I also tie in the fact that the uh, Seminole in the Civil War uh, at the Battle of Olusti, you know, they were the marksmen that kept the Yankee Army on their, uh, <laughs> kept the like, Yankee Army in fear. So the Seminole allied with the Confederacy there. And there's other Civil War stories, too, I tie in. From the Seminole, what type of feedback or feeling have they given you back um, in hearing these songs? They uh, have appreciated it, and uh, the Brighton Museum was carrying uh, mine and Jed's first CD about the Seminole called Osceola um, and Foster. They were carrying that, I, and of course, my CD didn't come out in time to get it to them to market for um, because of this corona um, crisis. So I'm, I'm going to have a busy fall. I've been sending copies out to museums in Florida, and so I'm hoping that the response will be very good. But I know at the Okeechobee event, they love the song, and I have several Seminole friends, and I talk to them about the songs, and they give me their feedback as well, and the feedback's been good. The response has been good. So this is another CD called Osceola and Foster? Yes, I'm looking forward to uh, touring pretty hard in Florida this next year, and hoping I can get booked in many schools and libraries and other organizations to do songs and stories of the Seminole War, or even songs and stories of Pioneer Florida. That would interest me, too. Ricky Pittman, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you, Patrick. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to like us on Facebook at Seminole Wars Foundation. Leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. Your reviews and comments help new listeners discover us and help us keep this show going. 
visit our website at www.summonawars.us for blogs, articles, news, books, events, membership information, and how to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back soon with a new episode of the Seminole Wars Podcast. The Seminole Wars Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to preservation, education, and publication of Seminole Wars history throughout the state of Florida. This podcast is copyrighted, the Seminole Wars Podcast 2020, all rights reserved. Front bumper music, The Devil's Garden, Roastem, provided by kind permission of Reedy Onman. Back bumper music, Second Seminole Win, by Jed Merrim and Ricky Pittman, courtesy of Ricky Pittman, all rights reserved.